Today on Rolling with New York Mike. As I look through the names and I look through the, the people and the sacrifice, World War II, World War One, Afghanistan, Iraq, Desert Storm, Kuwait. I walk through this and I look at this. What did we die for? What did we sacrifice? What did we go to war for, if not the truth? Welcome to Rolling with the most patriotic man I know, my husband. And now... His podcast, Rolling with New York Mike. Get on the ride. Yeah, it's Rolling with New York Mike. Hey, thanks for being there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Today, I'm, I'm coming to you. I decided to do the podcast today from Mount Soledad, the Mount Soledad National War Memorial here on top of Mount Soledad in the in La Jolla. And for you guys around the country that don't know about about this monument, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Sometimes I really wish I had, I had my YouTube channel again. It was a lot of trouble. I, now with uh, Elon Musk in charge of Twitter, that might be something that's doable again. I don't know what the relationship is. But we got thrown off the YouTube channel, and it just wasn't worth the effort to get back. So we never did. But I got to tell you, Mount Soledad. And, and I am so proud to have been a part of Mount Soledad being here. So I, I, I came here because my first Patriot Guard mission it was back in 2010. And I, I knew about the Patriot Guard, and the Patriot Guard was um, created to offset and to challenge these people that would disrupt the funerals of 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 heroes of Americans who were killed at at that time it was um Iraq Afghanistan and and th- this group out of Illinois some some crazy religious group I don't want to go into the details of it cuz I don't remember all the details, but they were really disrupting these funerals and memorial services and events. And so somebody started the Patriot Guard, a bunch of motorcyclists who would just go and and put their bikes between these uh, people who were disrupting the funerals. And it just grew. It just grew. And by 2010, I had heard about it and I, I joined the first Patriot Guard ride that I remember being on anyway. And it, it was for a, a kid, 21-year-old soldier with the 101st Airborne in Afghanistan, Ken Nokasia. And it turned out, I didn't know this, turned out I knew his dad. He's, it was a customer of ours at San Diego Harley-Davidson. But I, I didn't know it at the time. I, I just went on the Patriot Guard ride and ended up it, it it turned out to be ken's memorial service and i actually got out i remember it was raining and uh, we parked the bikes and i went into the memorial service at rock church it was quite something of course ken was a paratrooper with the 101st airborne and that's where i saw my combat with in vietnam bringing in airstrikes to the 101st airborne so Anyway, it meant something to me then. And then I found out that I knew his dad, and I found out a whole bunch of customers of ours who were firefighters, who were, were close with Ken, and, and just on and on. You know, there's no such thing as coincidence. But I got to tell you, it's like I talked about karma the other day. We were up here at Mount Soledad with the uh, combat controllers, my buddies that come in every year. And, 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 and of course, they're, we're, we're buying a plaque for all the combat controllers who've died um, from, you know, in, in the last 50 years. Um, and I, I forgot the numbers, but it, I'll remember. So I, I think 51 died, and I think 24 of them died in combat. The others died in training. I mean, when you start looking at this stuff anyway, we were here, and I, as we were bringing the combat controllers up, from you know, guys coming from all over the country for our reunion every year in Las Vegas, and and this year it was 22, and we decided all to ride up here. There's about 15 of us, and I was given some background on what's going on and and uh, Mount Soledad and how they try to take it down. Mount Soledad sits atop, I think it's the highest point in San Diego, and there's a 43 foot high Latin cross 
which was it was put up in 1954 at at this site to honor those citizens from uh, La Jolla who died in the Korean War. That was the original intent, then it's evolved. And uh, the uh, I saw to say the Ku Klux Klan, <laughs> the American Civil Liberties Union, <laughs> trying to take it down. They, they, they used a guy named Philip Paulson, who was a Vietnam veteran, a combat veteran, who I knew. And he went through hell in, in, in combat and just disillusioned him about his belief in God. He just didn't believe it. And he lived in the area. He saw this cross. He told me. I, I was kind of friendly with him. Over, we got friendly over this issue. And uh, so it was his lawsuit. In 1989, but it was actually the ACLU. They try to find some whatever and just you know use that person. So they found Philip Paulson, and yeah, he was just a disillusioned guy. Didn't believe in God. Hated God for everything. Look, going through combat's not easy. I don't want to. I've had I've had several, if not many, conversations with Phil Paulson and. So he won his lawsuit in 1989. I think everybody was just shocked. They weren't expecting it. They thought it was kind of frivolous. And I don't think they mounted a vigorous defense. And he won the lawsuit to have this cross taken down. And so the fight was on. And in 2005, I'm not going to go through the entire story, but in 2005, the city council in San Diego just got tired of getting beaten up. And they were now going to be fined. I don't remember the number. I think it was $3,000 a day for every day it remained up. And so they voted to take it down. And I was, of course, I was at the city council meeting. I'd been to all of them since 89. There was a lot of people that went and spoke, and we'd speak at the city council meeting in favor of keeping the cross. I'm a vet. I'm also Jewish. So it was like, hey, wait a minute. This is a veteran's memorial, and this was appropriate in 54, whatever. And and so they voted to take it down. That was on Tuesday. I don't know the day. I think it was March 6th or 8th. And anyway, by the end of the week, I had a petition ready to file, and I filed it on that Friday and then demanded a vote, which happened on May 17th. And the, the re-vote was taken, and then there was a uh, they voted again to take it down, but my petition demanded a, a full vote of the citizens in San Diego. So we had a vote, and we won the vote by 77.6%. 77.6% of the people in San Diego voted to keep this war memorial as is, where is, cross intact. And, and my uh, petition said, you can help save our cross. And that's that, that's our cross. I mean, look, I'm, I'm Jewish. Would I have liked to have seen a Star of David, a big 40-foot-high high Star of David? Yeah, baby! <laughs> but that's not the way it is. We represent, what, 5 6 percent of the country at at that time the the christian world was probably 85 percent of the 80 percent whatever and so was it appropriate yeah i think it was appropriate the activists the people involved did i like the way la jolla treated jews then hell no no hell no (laughs) and the only reason i mean the inventor of the polio vaccine dr salk who now has the big Salk Institute here in San Diego. Dr. Salk wasn't allowed in. They wouldn't serve him. They wouldn't let him go to the dry local dry cleaners because he was a Jew. So that was that was La Jolla, 1950s. So when I look at this, and I, I think about people tearing down statues around the country. Yeah, you're not going to change history. You're not going. You're not going to do it by taking down certain things. The history is, of this place is. It's the way it was. And it should be remembered that way. Not that we don't get angry. It's not the way it is. It changed. Appropriately so. I don't know what percentage of lawyers is Jewish today. And I don't know what percentage of people in law who aren't Jewish have a lot of animosity towards Jews. Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. Life is like that. So move on. I came here to just to honor and thank Ken Nokasia. He died on December 12th, 2010. He was killed in Afghanistan in action and uh, fighting for our country. And uh, I came here to just thank him and appreciate it. Coincidentally, just another, and again, there's no such thing as coincidence. I don't know how these things always happen. 
But I, I hang out uh, uh, and I do my podcast quite often from Excalibur Cigar and Scotch Lounge. As everybody knows, I talk about that place a lot. It's an awesome place. The best hospitality of any cigar joint in the country. I, I mean, it's just great. The owner, Tom Colasso's always there. Freddie, Rosary. I mean, it's just these people are just wonderful hosts. And it's, it's got it's a great cigar bar. It's also a great scotch lounge. They have a great bar. And I'm, I'm looking at, I'm at the bar and I'm, I'm not drinking, but I'm looking at, and all of a sudden I look up. This was recently. This year, at the end of the bar, there's a plaque for Ken Nocasia. I said, whoa, wait a minute. What's up with that? And it's on the wall. Like we all get things and get things that tribute from different people. When I had San Diego Harley Davidson, God knows I had so many, so many things. It was important to us to help our military as much as possible. And we did. And just so fortunate to be able to get these different things from the different people and, and, and outfits and whatever. And so we display them. And there was this plaque to Ken Locasia and I went to Tom and I said, hey, Tom, what's up with it? Were you, is that a family member? He said, Mike, his dad comes in here a lot and he comes in here and he sits and he drinks and he talks about his son. And one day he asked if he could put a plaque up and I said, absolutely, of course. And he put it up and he often comes in, just sits down and smokes a cigar and takes it. I said, oh, my God, I can't even believe that. And it just, it's just, that's how things work. That's karma, I guess. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. But, you know, I, I look at this and I remember the battle that we had to save this cross. Because they wanted to tear down the, the war memorial. I mean, I guess they would have replaced the memorial with something other than a cross if, if they had that chance. So it was a, a, a battle to really save the cross. And I remember those days and how many people were outraged. And I, I took a lot of heat because I'm, I'm Jewish and a lot of the Jews. And I said, well, why, why are you doing this? Think about the Christians in Europe, in Germany, in Holland, in Poland. Think about the ones that stepped up to, to save us. I just couldn't understand why anybody would want to take down something like as if, I mean, I understand. I talked to Philip. He was, he was suffering from being so angry at God. He refused to acknowledge the existence of God because of what he went through in war. And I'm not laughing. I'm not making fun of that. You know, I've been through it. We saw it different ways. It, it, somehow it, it just enhanced my belief in God. So I, I, I can't talk to another person's experience. And, 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 you know, we never became that close. We just had conversations from time to time. And they didn't last hours, trust me. <laughs> we, were, we were on different sides. And I, I, I never had any animosity. I don't know why. It, it seems to me, I could be wrong, it seems to me that the anger is on the left. I'm going to talk about uh, Kirsten Cinema in a little bit. So she decides to drop out of the Democrat Party and become an independent. And my God, you, you'd think that, you know, she committed a crime. You'd listen to Bernie Sanders and some of these. And he's an independent. He's not even a freaking Democrat. And, and he goes on. She sabotaged this or that. I mean, come on. It, it, it's a, so... You know, I, 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 they get so angry. I, I don't get angry. I get angry when I see the country deteriorating. I get angry when I see communists trying to change the country. Right? I don't take it out individually. I don't take it out on the person and get angry at them for their beliefs. I, I, I think you got to separate the two things. There's a, there's a movement in the country. You, could, you can call MAGA a movement. And it, and it is. Make America Great Again, as Trump said, is a movement. And it is a movement. And it's a movement I believe in. And the left treats it like, oh, we're ready to tear down the country and destroy the country. We want a war. We want that. No, we just want to make America great again. That's what we want. <laughs> that's, I think that's a noble, I, I think that's a noble goal. But 
but they seem to think what, whatever they do, and they're angry. I'm not angry. I'm I'm, I'm resolved. We have a mission, and we're gonna we're gonna fulfill that mission. We're gonna complete that mission. We're determined. But I'm I'm not angry. I mean, yes, from ten thousand feet or twenty thousand, thirty thousand feet. You know, I look back. I look down in America. I look at our history. I look. I look at how many people suffered, died, you know, gave their lives. Ken Nocasia is a perfect example. And, and you know, I have so many other friends who died fighting for America. And it's not for communist America. It's just not. This is freedom. That, that's not government controlling our lives. Freedom is the opposite of that. That's why, you know, the free enterprise system. So here we have, <laughs> we talked about the Starbucks karma and the different things. And then you got these pro-life groups who are refused service in a restaurant. Why? Because they're pro-life. So that's okay. Now, if you refuse service to a group of Black Lives Matter people, right, or Antifa people, you're going you're gonna to have lawsuits. You're going to have all kinds of stuff that's going to, you're going to have the ACLU come down on you. Gonna, I mean, it's going to cost you. They're going to follow you, but nope. The, the pro-life groups, they refuse service because the, the proprietor of the restaurant says that the, this pro-life group so intimidated or scared or threatened or whatever, just they're being there. Not that they threatened. They didn't say they threatened. They weren't even there. They canceled the reservation when they realized the name of the group was the name of a pro-life organization. They had the reservation. It was, I don't know, 20 or 30, whatever it was. They canceled it. <laughs> that just sucks. That's just not right. And, and I don't know. I mean, then you got this whole argument about Paul Whelan, the Marine, being held in uh, in Russia in jail. He got a 16-year sentence for being a spy, which he's not a spy. Never was a spy. There was no proof or evidence he was a spy. And he's in jail for 16 years. We've been trying to get him out. And this um, Brittany Griner goes in jail. She's a basketball player that gets arrested for having what, what some kind of uh, I don't know exactly what it's what it's called in her baggage at the airport. It's illegal. She can't carry it. They sent her to the nine years. They send her to a, uh, a work camp, a penal colony or whatever, which is where Paul Whelan is as well. And so the Biden administration decides they're going to free Victor Bout, the, the, known as the Merchant of Death, one of the largest and most notorious arms dealers, which we found and locked up going back, what, 10, 12 years ago. He's, he's in jail for 25 years. So he's supposed to be out by 2029. But right now, of course, Putin's fighting the war in the Ukraine, and he needs his, you know, somebody to help gather up as much arms. And and, uh, and we're talking about big things. We're not talking about just, you know, little guns and rifles here. We're talking about major missiles and, uh, you know, things of that nature that this guy was getting. That's his skill set. That's what he does. Those are his connections. That's what he knows how to do. And so Biden decides he's not going to get Paul Whelan out. He's going to get Brittany Griner out. Okay, well, we've had some criticism. I think that was not a good thing to do. I wouldn't want to see Victor Bout going out there and uh, performing his skills, getting arms for the Russians to beat the Ukrainians. We're spending billions of American dollars, and God knows how many Ukrainian lives are being lost. And and now we're going to help Putin in his effort to fight this war? I mean, it, it makes no sense to me. It wouldn't have made sense before. And just, just to emphasize that, but before I do, I want to say how much crap I've taken on Twitter and and wherever else these people are saying that because I criticized, I, I didn't yell, scream, curse. I wasn't angry. I just thought it's not a good deal. It's a terrible deal. And we should not have made the deal to free Victor Bout. Although in each and every case, I always said, I'm glad that Brittany Griner is home. That's it. And so we get these things. We even hear it from, you know, from the, the press secretary in the White House that she's black and she's a lesbian. And that's why it's important. And, and I hear it from these other people that the reason I'm against getting her out was because she's black and she's a lesbian. And I'm a homophobic racist, and which is just stupid. Except that that's what divides the country. That's where the problem is. This anger, this 
name calling anger, dividing the country into, you know, these 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 groups or whatever. This, I mean, it's just not. It, it's not productive. It's not right, and it's insulting to me. It's insulting to America. I I haven't heard anybody that I know of. I mean, there's going to be somebody out there, of course, full of hate and anger about black lesbians. <laughs> there's there's people full of you know hate and anger about redheads with freckles. I'm sure. I mean, it's just. There are all kinds of people out there with all kinds of different, you know, things to despise and hate and whatever. But, I mean, I haven't seen anything like that. And every time I've heard a conservative, whether it was uh, Sean Hannity or whoever else, they, they, we always say, first off, we're, we're glad that Brittany Grant is home. And forget about the fact she hated America. She wouldn't stand... <coughs> she wouldn't stand for the national anthem. She wouldn't salute the flag. The things she's the hateful things she said about America. Okay, hey, I'm hoping that she's back. She's you know she's um, experienced what it's like to be in jail in Russia. Maybe she's appreciative now. I don't know. I'm still glad she's home. Good to get any time in America comes home. That's a good thing. That's how I see it. But these people on the other side, because I'm not celebrating the fact that Victor Bout is out, that's wrong. It's wrong, and I'm not going to make a rhyme out of it. Either. It's not funny. It, it really isn't. And it won't be funny when some weapon system that he develops either saves all these Russian troops or kills these Ukrainians or destroys Ukrainian cities. I mean, that's what Victor Bout does. Let's hope that he doesn't get to do it. But let's also understand when you want to get political about it. Trump came out and said he had the opportunity to free Paul Whelan, the Marine who's in jail, if he let Victor Bout out, but he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it because Victor Bout is that dangerous. He is the merchant of death. And that's just not something you do. And, and it is kind of funny. And you hear it all the time. All these people that want to take your guns away, they want to take away your right to own guns. They want to infringe on your Second Amendment rights, which shall not be infringed, okay? Um, but yet, they'll free the merchant of death, the biggest arms dealer or the most notorious, the mega arms dealer that we have finally gotten in custody after years of trying to find this guy. We arrested him, got him to some place where we could bring him back to America. He's in jail and that's where he should have stayed. But nope, all these people that are afraid of, you know, guns in America. Now we're losing 100,000 people a year, mostly young people, to fentanyl, overdoses and poisoning. But they're going to go and, and put all their political capital on taking away your Second Amendment rights. The only insurance you have against a, a, a government coming for everything you've got. So, you know, um, by the way, I mean, thank God for Elon Musk and, you know, the fact that he bought Twitter. And I, I mean, I, 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 I guess, you know, he overspent $44 billion. Didn't seem to make sense. But he's there and he's making the best of it. And he's turning this thing upside down and inside out. But, you know, um, it, it's, I, I think it's making us all, it's, I think it's making us all re-examine our understanding of freedom of speech. And, and we do have to re-examine what's going on when there's evidence and proof right now that Twitter was used by the Democrat Party to influence people to vote for Democrats and against Republicans. I mean, at, at the behest of the government. But what's up with that? I mean, we talk about hate speech. I don't care about hate speech. I mean, yeah, okay, you don't want speech that incites people to damage destroy, to, to kill or maim, or or we don't want to incite people to violence for anything. But, you know, what incites people to violence? You know, back in the day when the Nazis wanted the parade in Skokie, Illinois, those are the days that I was active with the Anti-Defamation League, which was still a conservative, conservative organization, fulfilling its mandate at that time, okay? And they asked us, and back that was back in the 80s, and we said, look, they've got the right to a parade. They've got the right to protest. They don't have the right to intimidate people, to, you know, to frighten them, to destroy anything, to do any harm or damage. And they certainly don't have the right to violence. But they have the right to march in their parade. In, in today's world, do you think 
that we'd understand the importance, that how much more important a freedom of speech, our First Amendment rights are, than telling a bunch of Nazis they can't walk down the street. I don't think so. You know, when, when we talk about things like this, and we talk about the exposure of what Twitter was doing, I want to talk about the exposure of the media for what they've been doing for, I mean, it seems like a long, long time, and, and, and it's, it's slowly coming out now how really bad it was. But, you know, we knew about it in 2016. Well, I've known about it for much longer than that. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't exposed the way it was exposed when, until Trump said fake news. And he pointed out fake news. And he, again, again, people say, oh, man, what's wrong with this guy? If he didn't point his finger and say fake news and do this thing, he might have got reelected. Well, I don't think so. But, you know, they, 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 they really, they, I don't want to say when it started, because the, the lies of the press, I mean, I, I, it, it goes back a, a really long time. And I, I think as a veteran of the war in Vietnam, trying to free the South Vietnamese people and help the Laotians and Cambodians, but the war was in the country of Vietnam, particularly in South Vietnam, and the lies and distortions you know, for instance, when Walter Cronkite said we, we can't win this war after we just destroyed them at their at at, at Tet One in 1968, and the, and after it's over, we destroyed their Tet Offensive. We destroyed them, and he, and he comes and gets on television and says, "Oh, the Tet Offensive was so horrible for us, we can't win this war." What else was there? And they can celebrate Walter Cronkite as a you know middle of the road kind of a guy. No, I don't think so. But uh, all those different things I could point to and, and over all those years, uh, let's go take a look at the distortion of Trump's speech in, um, in Charlottesville. Fake news, like I just said, goes back a long time. But let, let's take a look at why it's so important. Why does it matter? I'm here at Mount Soledad. And just like when I talked to Philip Paulson, who, you know, sued to have this cross removed, to take it down, he was so angry. We, we felt the, the opposite. I, I felt it was so important to fight with every bit of energy I could put together continually for the years it took. We had rallies up there. We, went, we did everything we could. And if you take a look at how far it's come from where it was in 1989 and through the 90s, after Paulson and the ACLU won their lawsuit and continually tried to remove this cross to where the Mount Soledad War Memorial is today with the plaques and the names and the photos and the and the quotes. And I mean, it's it's come so far and it's going to go further. It's going to go so much further because there's so many of us with a passion. And, and one of the things that I found walking around today, you know, I went up here to, to visit Kendall Casilla. I I was I was able to come to say hi, Ken. Thanks for thanks for your sacrifice. Thanks for giving. And I walked around. And I saw all these other plaques. And I'm looking for Ken's. And I'm I'm passing through it. And one of the things that that really gave me pause to say, wow, it's incredible. I, I, it just reinforced that how right. I mean, I felt. I believe it was my reality, my truth. You know, to save this great monument to the sacrifices given and not to to to, to change it's a it's original you know this this 43 foot cross this white cross which resembles the crosses that you see in cemeteries around the country especially in arlington this just plain simple white cross and I, it, it never offended me as a Jew. And then, you know, you always question yourself. If you don't question yourself, what kind of a human being are you? You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's the hill you're supposed to die on. Well, who said? You better make up your mind. OK, so, you know, think about these things. And I did. And I do. And boy, there was an awful lot, you know, in, in my head. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And I, and I, of course, I question it. That doesn't mean that that I thought for a minute I was wrong, but I thought I could be, and I thought about it. So as I'm walking around, looking at all these plaques that have been put up in the last, what, 10, 15 years, as this monument has evolved and taken on a life of its own that means so much to so many, 
And I see all these stars of David, these Jewish stars on plaques. I want hundreds of them, <laughs> but, but there were enough to make me say, damn right. You know, I'm proud of being a Jew and the family that put that up. Never let the fact this memorial to those who sacrificed, who served this country, who just served the country. You don't have to sacrifice to, to you know, be on the wall. This is for anybody who served the country. So it, it just it made me feel real good. And my point is, I'm not I'm not mad at Philip Paulson. I'm not making him wrong. We both feel differently, but just as passionately about an issue. It, it, and and I'm so happy that I was able to prevail. Not me, but my side with the thing I believed in that I thought it was important, and I still do. And then so much more today is. Time goes on, and I, I always saw this as a miracle because we every, every time we turned around, we lost. It was, every time they picked up, we even we, we won the, the election in San Diego, 77.6%, and boom, that was July 26th, and in September, a judge overthrew it, rolled it out. And, I mean, we, we, we went through literal hell trying to save this cross. And that's what you do. You, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to say, yeah, I, I could easily say, yeah, we went through hell. We beat the devil. I, I don't want to make Philip Paulson into the devil because he didn't believe in God or God offended him. He, he, that was his opinion. And we all have opinions. But there's a universal truth. And because you feel something so strongly about something, you don't lie. When we originally, after that decision in March of the city council to take down the cross, and we met at, at a local radio station. No, not, not Roger Hedgecock's, another radio station. Um, and there were about, I don't know how many people in the room, 20, 30, 40. Most of them were local ministers and, and whatever. And, and the, the radio host that was putting this on, the, the, uh, the vote was on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm pretty sure this was the next day on Wednesday. And we had this whole meeting and we, we knew that we had to come together and do something. And the idea was to put together a, a, a petition and the, the radio host was chairing the meeting and he brought it on. It's a guy I knew you know, really well and I had guest hosted his show once in a while. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. I'll, I'll, I'll get it before this before this show's over. So he's, he said, and, and let's put the wording together and we're all in the room. And, and, and then he said, well, we can't say anything about the cross. And I look around the room. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. What was? And he said, yeah, if we, if we, if we say something about the cross, we're gonna. And I'm not. I'm paraphrasing. I'm just telling you what. Not the words he said, but the what he was trying to communicate. That it would trigger these people on the other side, get them more angry. And we, we, we. In effect, what he was saying, we want to deceive them. All we want to talk about is saving the war memorial, but we don't want to talk about the cross. Well, the only thing that was attacked was the cross. Not the war memorial, but the design that was chosen and it was totally appropriate and it was passed by the city council and the people of La Jolla in 1954. And, and to go back and overturn that, that's history. That's what happened. You don't change history just because you have a different opinion. But it was about th this battle was about saving the cross. And, and and he wanted to leave out the word cross, any reference to a cross. And I stood up and I objected. I said, you can't say that. It's a lie. He said, no, it's not a lie. We're just omitting the word cross. And I said, and this is, a, I'm a Jew and this is a room full of, you know, Christian pastors and ministers and, you know, all, all that. And I, I, I said, a lie of omission in the name of God is worse than a lie of commission. Now, I don't know where I get that. I don't know, but you know, you, 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 you're lying. You, but you, what are you trying to fool somebody? You're trying to fool God? You, this is about God, our belief in God. It's not my symbol, but you know, there's a Jew on that cross. His name is Jesus Christ. These are facts. This isn't some, you know, some mystical story somebody dreamt up. This is real history. This really happened. This is, you know, this is facts. And so I, 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 I'm here to save that cross. I know the war memorial is not going anyplace. We're here to save the cross. And, and so if we lied about it, I, I wouldn't have had anything more to do with it, to be honest with you. I don't think. Because you can't lie. And, and that's what's so important about what's going on today. What's going on? What has Elon Musk uncovered as he's 
putting out there all the all the, the hidden the secrets about that the not so secret secrets about Twitter and and how the government manipulated Twitter to just cancel people. This is the whole cancel culture. This is the whole the whole thing that's been going on at the start. Well, where did it start? Yeah, it probably started when Trump came down the escalator. I don't think those people expected him to win, you know, the, the Republican primary and become the candidate. But as soon as he did, that's when it started. Anything that would hurt Trump's chances of winning the election, as far as they were concerned, was allowed, was fine. And that's just, it didn't matter if it was the truth or a lie. And so that's where the lies really started. But I, I want to point out and read you the words because it may have started there, but the, the loudest noise that the fake news has made, it still reverberates today, are, are there, I want to say interpretation. I don't think it's an interpretation of Trump's words at Charlottesville. So I want to I want to get to that real quick because I think it's so important that you know Charlottesville was you know Charlottesville Virginia that's where the University of Virginia is that's where um, Thomas Jefferson is from and there's a park in Charlottesville and it has a statue of Robert E Lee Robert E Lee was the the general that led the Confederate Army you know you had Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederate States of America and Robert E Lee was the general that led that army in in the Civil War and so they 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 had this uh, this rally they they were trying to take down the statue so the people that did not want that statue removed nor did they want the name of the park changed I I don't know what the name was Robert E Lee Park I don't know Confederate Army Park I don't I don't know but they the people that lived there and you know after the Civil War they, they, you know we try to have this you know reconstruction it's it's kind of interesting if you you look at history that Lincoln was assassinated before he can oversee the you know the the reconstruction the reconnection of America the south with the north and how he was going to do that the south was destroyed i mean they burnt down the south remember general sherman going through georgia going through atlanta i mean destroyed it and it, it, it it's it reminded me of watching that that movie the all quiet on the western front and after the war how that how that that armistice how it how the how it affected the people in germany and clearly the treaty of versailles which ended that war months later you know it how it just it, it was so damning to the german population to all the people it was insulting and demeaning and disrespecting them it hurt them financially economically it hurt them in every way and there's no question in anybody's mind who who understands history that it was that treaty of versailles it was you know world war ii was just a continuous of World War One because of that, and so here we are. are we, we you know now, yeah, I know it's a hundred years later, hundred and fifty. It's it's all these years later, and and it's never too late to you know get even with the South, is it? It's never too late to demean them, to disrespect them. To I mean, what 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 good is it going to do to try to change history by tearing down the statue of Robert E. Lee? Was the South wrong? They lost the war. Was it was slavery wrong? Absolutely. I mean, are we going to relitigate everything about the Civil War now? The, the the nation, the United States of America, was victorious in bringing the country together. Let's bring the country together, not by the well. Any well, whatever your opinion is of that, this isn't the time or place to to argue. Maybe you have a different point of view, but those people. Their point of view, what they wanted was to keep the park there, to keep the statue of Robert E. Lee there. And so they organized the rally. They didn't invite the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazis. Those people came because the other side, the left, the side that wanted to destroy and, and remove and, and, and tear down the statue of Robert E. Lee and change the name of the park because they organized a counter rally. And, you know, they, they went down there and they and so all these groups were there together. And and on you know the second day I believe it was the second day this was all August 11th and 12th of 2018 and on on the, on the first day and you know responding at a press conference to what was going on and and I'm going to quote you the words of Donald Trump 
regarding Charleston, well, Charlottesville, um, that everybody's telling from the very, oh, this he's a racist. He's a white. He's a white supremacist. He's voting. He's he's promoting white supremacy. What's well, bullshit? It's a lie. But they know it's a lie. And here are his words at the press conference. Excuse me. They didn't. They didn't put themselves down as neo-Nazis. Of course, he's referring to the application that they sent in. You know, for their for their rally. Okay. They didn't put themselves selves, selves, down as neo-Nazis, and you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name, okay? So after questions at that presser, Trump said, clearly said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. That was his words. That's what he said. Where do you get white supremacist supporter? Where do you get a KKK supporter from those words? Those are the words of the president of the United States of America. And all we keep hearing is, oh, what he said at Charlottesville. Well, that's what he said. Now, after the death of Heather Heyer, so when, when this idiot drove his car, yes, this right-wing right wing idiot, you think that because... You know, I, I would, if I was there, I'd be on the side of the people wanting to keep the statue of Robert E. Lee and keep the name of the park. Sure, but does that mean that everybody there on on that side are people I like or agree with, even if we agree on this issue, or maybe we all use the same toothpaste? You know, I like Colgate. Does, does that mean I'm a I'm a KKK supporter because we use the same toothpaste? It's kind of stupid. But after the death of Heather Hyatt, Trump's words, his words, racism is evil. And those who, who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to, to everything we hold dear as Americans. I mean, this are the words of Donald Trump that they have twisted. And, and you wonder why we say fake news? You wonder why it's, it's, it, it angers me? Look, if you agree, if you disagree with me about an issue, we can, we can talk about it all day long. I'm, you know, I'm fine if you agree, you disagree with me. I mean, I, I may be very passionate about what, what I think of the situation at the border, what I think of what happened in Afghanistan, what I think of inflation, what I think of going from energy independent. To where we are today. I may be very passionate about that. Or about the fact that Tony Fauci lied. That Tony Fauci pushing and financing his this gain of function was, you know, something that caused great harm to many Americans. How do you go back and prove a negative? How many less people would have died? We don't know. But how many less people would be suffering the way kids are suffering today? The way businesses are suffering today? I mean, how many things did we do wrong that we didn't correct because, oh, we all believe Tony Fauci, okay? And what about, what about the, 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 the origins of COVID? How about finding out the origins? Did, did Tony Fauci, did, did he finance that whole gain of function, you know, that, 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 that whole process that gave way to this whole COVID virus out of, out of, China? What was his role? I mean, I'm not saying that he's guilty. I'm saying we need to investigate. What about Hunter Biden? You're going to sit there and protest? And that's what they're doing, protesting. If we do anything to investigate Hunter Biden, are you kidding me? You should want the truth. We should all want the truth. And I'm up here at Mount Soledad, and I'm walking through this place. And like I said, I'm so proud that I had a small part in preserving that place. And I, and I, as I look through the names and I look through the, the people and the sacrifice, World War Two, World War One, Afghanistan, Iraq, Desert Storm. I, I, I look through all this. Kuwait. I, I, I walk through this and I look at this. What did we die for? What did we sacrifice? What did we go to war for? If not the truth? Yes, 
our, our realities may be different. But, you know, there's truth and there's perspective. I remember what someone said to me a long, long time ago. Perspective is truth. Perspe- your perspective is truth. No, it's not. That's your reality, okay? It's not truth. Your perspective is your reality. There is a truth, and we should all be searching for that truth. That truth is is sacred, and we should all look at it that way and know that whatever the path is, that we have to take to get to that truth. That's a path that we should be clearing for each other as Americans, that we should all want to be on the same path to find that truth. So there are a couple of things that I think are going on that's really important right now. And I I don't want to just keep on going and going and going, but I I do want to talk about things like Kristen Sinema. Kristen Sinema saying she no longer wants to be a Democrat. She's going to be independent. There's a a, a statement there. So she makes that statement. And what did the Democrats do? They are condemning her in ways that I I, I find, you know, it's embarrassing. I mean, so she doesn't want to be a, there are people, look, I, 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 there are, you know, certain people in the Republican body. We call them rhinos, Republicans in name only. Um, I'm not calling them traitors. I'm not saying, you know, because they, they're not Trumpers, they're never Trumpers, or they're whatever, that, that, you know, they're whatever, whatever the names. I mean, uh, Bernie Sanders said that she sabotaged this important, I mean, because she didn't agree with it. Did she sabotage it because she voted against it? I don't get it. But there's something more to that that's going on. Kirsten, Kirsten is a Christian cinema, you know, stands for compromise. Stands for compromise. Now, well, you know, people keep on saying that they want compromise. We want to meet in the middle. We got to cross, you know, we got to you know, cro- b- b- walk over these lines, you know, Republican lines, Democrat lines, left and right. We got to meet. Well, there you are. If that's what you want. She is the perfect example. Even more so than Tulsi Gabbard. You know, who I, who I think is great. Because Kirsten Sinema is still in the Senate. She's still the United States Senator. And so it's kind of interesting that somebody who is, the, I guess, the epitome of what everybody's saying we should be. I'm, I'm not saying it, by the way. I'm saying you should, you know, pick your battles <laughs> and, and fight like hell for what you believe in until you don't believe in it anymore. If you're convinced by the other side or whatever circumstances. Now, maybe this this um, nuclear fusion, which they've just discovered, the secret of nuclear fusion, maybe that'll make some of these Green New Deal advocates, these people who talk about the world coming to an end, will realize mankind is going to overcome these things. Give us you know, we, we have fossil fuel. Don't have a war on fossil fuel. Just make sure you're always working as hard as possible to find the solution to emission, you know, whatever, to bad air and dirty water. and Fine. And we're always doing that. And here we have something that's just come out now clearly because they announced it. It's been it's been in the works now for years and it'd probably be another decade before it's out there powering all our all our vehicles, cars, planes and everything else. It's going to take a while. Maybe it'll take more than a decade. But however long it takes, why are we coming up with these artificial uh, solutions? Like, oh, by 1935, we're not going to have any more internal combustion cars. What's that all about? I've ranted and raved about these electric cars, of which I have one, by the way. A very fine one. It's bullshit. It's snake oil. This government is selling us a lie. And it's, it, that's what it is. And I, and I, and I think it's interesting to, to, to look at where we are today and understand that the lies that got Trump banned from Twitter, the lies that kept the FBI from investigating, or the FBI that told the lies 
to keep them from investigating Hunter Biden and that whole situation of Hunter Biden and his connection to his dad as vice president, where he got all this money. Was he compromised? Was he not compromised? Don't you want to know the truth? That's what we want to know. And by the way, in today's world, where you're seeing, where you're seeing, you know, these polls every day, the one I heard today, oh, um, yeah, governor from Florida is, um, he's, 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 he won a poll against Trump. He's going to be the next president. Really. So Ron DeSantis, that's all you're hearing now. Why? Listen, <laughs> the election's two years away, right? We, we just had an election. Ron DeSantis just got reelected by a slide. You really think he's going to tell the people of Florida, thanks for that landslide 20-point election. Now I'm going to start running for president. No, I don't think so. Number one. Number two, you think he's going to tell Donald Trump? The man that got him to be the governor of Florida in the first place? The man who was clearly his mentor? You think he's going to say to him, I'm going to... No. And do you think that the people of the United States that want Donald Trump as president, don't you think that we want a twofer? Sure. I don't think DeSantis should abandon the people of Florida to run for president. But I think if Donald Trump gets the nomination and he chooses DeSantis as his vice president, we, we get two. Why are we letting them divide us the way they are? And then on top of that, say, okay, we get, let's divide these people. <laughs> Make them choose between DeSantis and Trump right now. <laughs> That's all they're doing. Let's wake up. Let's wake up to their lies. Let's wake up to their deceptions. Let's understand. We have a job to do. Save America. That's what they served for. And that's what they died for. So when I come here and I look at Mount Soledad, that's what I think about. I think about the truth. I think about other people's perspective that I have to, I don't have to, but I want to respect. And I, and I want to treat them with dignity as fellow Americans until I catch them in these lies. And then and then they lose my respect. And, and that's where we are. And I, what I'd like to see are those Democrats out there, the people on the left side. I'd like to see them understand how important it is not to lie, to tell the truth. Talk about your perspective. I respect that. I understand that. I don't agree with it. Just don't lie. That's all. I'm New York Mike. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. By the way, rolling up to um, uh, uh, Burbank on Saturday to the Booze Fighters annual Christmas event, uh, meeting in Burbank and then riding to um, Pasadena. That's it. To the Pasadena uh, the orphanage where for the last, I don't know how many years, at least 10, that they brought just truckloads of toys to those kids. And I'll be riding up there early Saturday morning. Oh, the weather. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Getting up at 7 in the... Uh, no, not 7. Being on the road at 7. Getting up at like 5.36 in the morning. Getting out on the road. But thinking about, is it going to rain? It's gonna, oh, it's going to be cold. But you know what? That's what makes holidays like this. Christmas and, and the new year that's coming. And we're celebrating all this. That's what makes it so wonderful. Yeah, you got to go through a little bit of discomfort, but that's okay because of the warm and wonderful feelings of this holiday season. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. I'm going to end it with this, but when you say holiday seasons, I feel like I'm a traitor. Why not just say Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah and, and, and whatever the other events are people celebrate at this time of the year? Anyway, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. And uh, we'll be back before New Year's. So I'm New York Mike, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling. <laughs>